You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Welcome again, everybody. And uh, before we jump into uh, today's message, kicking off this series called Breakthrough, I want to mention something. Each month uh, throughout the year, we always have a book of the month. Uh, and you can pick it up at the Connection Center for $10, which is generally almost always less than you'll buy it anywhere else. We usually lose money on that, but we want to equip you, empower you. And uh, this month's book is really more than just a month book, but it's called 100 Days of Faith Over Fear. And it's a devotional journal that over the next three months, our hope is that you could dive in, dig in, and really set yourself on a path for this year to grow, to be healthy, and to be what God wants you to be. So if you want to pick that up at the Connection Center, they're only 10 bucks. Uh, if we sell out today, then we'll have more next week. But I encourage you to pick that up and dig in this year. And uh, as we kick off this series today, you know, I think back over this idea of breakthrough. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I had the privilege of leading a team, a construction team, to Nome, Alaska. It's one of our Calvary Cares missions teams. And uh, it was an awesome uh, trip, and our real primary goal was to do demolition. We were going to River of Life Church there in Nome, and our goal was to basically demolish the second floor of the church so a month later, another team could come and build it out. And uh, demolition sounds uh, easy and seems easy enough until you really have to do it. And I remember uh, that... uh, that trip, one particular day, I was tasked with the job of, I was trying to get rid of this wall. And there was a, a, a little room and then what had previously been a kitchen, and I had to remove this wall. And I had this trusty old sledgehammer. And uh, it was uh, a pretty nice sized sledgehammer. And I'm like wailing on this wall. And it's one two by four specifically. I'm like, I'm going to take this thing out. I'm trying to think of all the angry things I could come up with. Um, you know, my second grade teacher or something and you know I'm just wailing on that thing and I'm going to town and every time I hit it nothing happens and it it was almost like the 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 two by four was laughing at me for my lack of muscle and the more I hit it the stronger it got and it was it was frustrating and I'm like I'm gonna be here for like five more days is this going to be the next five days, me just swinging at this wall, trying to take this wall down? Like the whole thing's going to be cleared out and old Nick over here still swinging at this wall and everyone else is like, what's your problem? That's what I was thinking. And uh, I'm just pulling back and giving it all I've got and then someone brought this amazing tool to me and it was called a sawzall. And (laughs) this was amazing. Within minutes... The two by four was gone, the wall was gone, we were done. It was like, it was heaven. Um, The rest of that week, um, it was like arguing for the sawzall. Everyone wanted the sawzall. Um, And and there was this important lesson I learned that day that uh, I want to share with you guys today, that nothing will change if nothing changes. I know that sounds like a really simple, basic thing. But it's true. Nothing will change if nothing changes. In fact, we often hear the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. We live our lives that way oftentimes. And and as we start a new new year here at Calvary, I believe this is going to be a remarkable year for our church. I believe for your life. And and I know that that can sound uh, kind of hollow or shallow, but, but it's true. And here's why I say that. Because at the beginning of a year, so many of us set goals. We make New Year's resolutions. 
And, and this is a wonderful practice. It speaks to a person's desire to improve, to grow year after year, to not become idle in life, but to be a true lifelong learner. And as great as that practice is, setting the goal doesn't change much unless there's a realistic pathway to get there. And, and this is where things often fall apart. We set a goal only to find we've forgotten it by the time we reach March. We have these great goals. I'm going to do all these things. We get the you know, fitness center pass or we start eating better or, or whatever it is. And by March, you can't even find your, your you know, thing to scan at Planet Fitness. You're like, it's somewhere in my car. I don't know what happened to it. We, we forget about it. Oh, and, and we want to start something. We want to set this goal. We want to achieve it. We've forgotten. Or maybe, maybe it's a pattern or a habit that you've been trying so hard to break. And you've given it all you got, but you just can't seem to get past it. It might be an addiction to a substance, alcohol, pornography. You might say, man, I just, I just need to get my weight under control or I want to get into better shape. In all these situations, nothing changes because making change, bringing about change in our lives is actually really difficult. We can have the best, most well-intentioned goal in the world, but if we don't pay attention to the path to get there, it will never, ever happen. And, and I believe this is going to be a year of breakthrough for your life. But, but for that to happen, it starts with breaking the patterns in your life that keep you from experiencing that breakthrough. And nothing will change if nothing changes. We can have all the great goals and intentions and ideas and hopes, but if we don't change anything, like if we just go through 2020 like we did 2019, guess what? We're going to end up in the same spot. Something has to change. There are plenty of goals we might have or things we hope to see happen in this year, but the reality is none of them will happen if we don't pay attention to the path. Just like me trying to tear down a wall, you may have tried uh, breaking a pattern or, or maybe even starting a good habit a hundred times over and you failed every single time. Maybe you're taking the wrong path. Maybe there are changes you have to first make before you can break that pattern, before you can start that habit. Because nothing will change if nothing changes. We see this very thing play out in arguably one of the most uh, important, highly anticipated goals in the entire Old Testament, which is the first part of the Bible. And in the, uh, in the Old Testament, it was the fulfillment of a promise that God gave a man named Abram, who would later be known as Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12. Here's Here's what took place. It's recorded in Genesis 12, starting in verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't that be awesome if someone, God said that to you? He's saying, Abram, your descendants are going to make a difference in the entire world. Everyone on this earth is going to be blessed through you. Now, stopping here for a second, what he was talking about was Christ's birth and death and resurrection. That's what he's referring to, but that's where he goes. And he goes, keeps going in verse 4. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. 
Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. And that was the promise that God gave. And for over 700 years, this promise would be shared from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. That one day, God's people, the Israelites, would inhabit the land of Canaan, or what they became, what, what it came to be known as the promised land, that, that God was going to give them this land. This was a, a wonderful promise, a promise that a people without a land would have a land. That a people without a country would become a country. Some of you today, you have a promised land in mind. It's a wonderful promise you're holding on to. Maybe this is going to be the year that you get sober. Or, or this is going to be the year you start, stop lashing out at those you love. Or this is going to be the year you start loving your spouse better. Or this is going to be the year that, that you get more honest or live with more integrity in your finances. Or, or, or maybe this is going to be the year you start sharing your faith with friends or coworkers. Or this is going to be the year you get in better shape. We have these dreams, these goals. Or, or maybe, maybe for you, you have no idea. Maybe life has been nothing more than survival, taking it one day at a time. If that's you, I'd encourage you. Take some time this week to step back and to think about one year into, into the future. I know that can be exhausting to think about, but think one year into the future. You step into 2021. What are the things you hope are different? What are the things you hope have changed? Well, ask God, God, what do you hope to accomplish in my life this year? And, and from some of those questions, identify a couple things that, that you can focus your attention on, really work on this year. That, that you can use as a goal or something to strive for. And, and this is important because having a goal or target provides direction, it provides purpose. But without a path, they're nothing more than wishes. They're just hopes, wishes. And, and for the Israelites, they hold on to this promise that God gave Abraham. But it became nothing more than a wish because they had no path to actually get there. They knew, hey, someday we're going to inhabit this land known as the land of Canaan, the promised land, but we have no idea how it's going to happen. And for over 600 years, they continued to share this story of God promising the land to their ancestor, their matriarch, Abraham. And generation after generation would never see the land or even inhabit it. Then we get to this guy named Moses. Now, Moses was far from a perfect person. He wasn't a perfect man but he was a pretty amazing leader and a, a man of God. And, and Moses, in his lifetime, would do some things that previously had been unthinkable, impossible. He, he would re, be responsible for helping the Israelites step out of slavery uh, for something they had been struggling with for over 400 years. They had been in captivity in Egypt for over 400 years, and Moses would be the one that would lead them to freedom. What a remarkable man. But he wouldn't just lead them to some meaningless journey uh, out in the middle of nowhere. He led them on a journey toward the promised land. This people, the Israelites, they finally had their path toward the promise, toward the goal. They would wander through the wilderness for 40 years, and then they finally reached the edge of the promised land. Now, pausing for a second, they wandered for 40 years, and I always wonder, was that because Moses wouldn't ask for directions, or was it like God's plan? I don't know how that worked. But um, they, they, they wandered for 40 years, and they finally reach the edge of the promised land. 
What a remarkable moment this must have been, especially for some of the older generation. Something that had been shared from generation to generation for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, they now could lay eyes on. Just across the Jordan River, they could see the promised land, the land of Canaan, what their, their ancestors had talked so much about. They could see it with their own eyes. And in, in Numbers 13, it's recorded that Moses sent 12 spies to explore the land and provide a report as to what they should or could do to conquer it. And as those spies go out and, and uh, come back, it's interesting what takes place. Now, take note here, the goal was really clear. There was no doubt that the goal was to inhabit the land. Like, this is the land, we're going to live here. The goal was really clear. There was no question in any way about that. Uh, but, but, the path to get there was not. They didn't quite know how they were going to do it. And, and, and as these spies come back, they come, with two, come back with two very different reports. In Numbers 13, verse 27, we see what takes place. It says, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us. And it does flow with milk and honey. Like, not literally. There's not like milk flowing in. This isn't, uh, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, they were using this, you know, uh, speaking uh, metaphorically. Like, this is a really uh, good place. It, it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Now, descendants of Anak were known for being very large giants. Um, the Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Now, now I want to pause there. Everything they're saying is true and accurate. Like, they aren't making this up. They're not, like, twisting the truth in any way. But, but as though those spies, those men, are sharing this report, two other spies by the names of Joshua and Caleb gave a little bit of a different report. They kind of saw this from a different perspective. Verse 30, it says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we certainly can do it. But, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. Those, the, uh, they, they are stronger than we are. And, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored and said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are, great, are, are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers. Can you say these two words right here? Grasshoppers in what? Our own eyes. And, and we looked the same to them. This is really interesting. You have these two same experiences, two groups of guys, very different perspective. And this is where things went horribly wrong for the Israelites. And, and how they sometimes can go wrong for us. The goal was an incredible goal, a healthy goal that, that God had actually given them. Inhabit the promised land. This was a wonderful, wonderful goal. The path, however, wasn't clear. So they would actually turn away from the promised land and wander in the wilderness for 40 more years. They literally could see it across the river and they turn away from it. The gen this generation should have been the ones to step into the promise, to fulfill this long-awaited goal. But they didn't have a clear path and they walked away. What a tragedy. What a tragedy that was. Now, 40 years later, a young leader named Joshua, this is the same Joshua as one of those two spies, he's now leading the Israelites after the death of Moses. 
And and in Joshua chapter one, verse two, we read what, what God spoke to Joshua in that moment. Here's what God said to Joshua. Verse two of Joshua one. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. They find themselves now on the edge of the promised land once again. And God's saying, go take possession of it. Cross the Jordan River. Get there. The land is yours. Joshua and some of the Israelites were given a second chance at this. What a gift that was. They they turned away from it. Now they're back. What they found, though, was the task was indeed difficult. But it was possible because they now had the right path. And remember, nothing will change if nothing changes. If they'd taken the same approach, it wouldn't have worked. If they were going to see a different result, they had to take a different approach than the generation before did. What changed is they didn't see the goal before them simply based on what they could do, but based on what God could do through them, what they could do with God's help. Now back to my story in in Alaska. No matter how many times I hit that wall with this sledgehammer, Nothing was going to happen. No matter how hard, no, like if I had worked out a little bit more or something, like nothing, if I took steroids, that, that wouldn't be good. But, you know, you're in Alaska, it's a different place. But none of that would have worked. None of it would have worked. It wasn't going to happen. I had to use a different tool that brought a different level of power and effectiveness to get the job done, to get the goal done, right? And, and for the Israelites, they were starting to get this. They were starting to understand this. Maybe, maybe you hope to see some amazing things happen in your life this year. And that's great. And I pray that you can step into 2021 with those things accomplished, those hopes realized. The truth is, though, if your goals are God-ordained, if they are God-initiated, God-inspired, you will never accomplish them on your own. It's not going to be possible. You, you can try, but, but if it's from God... It's going to stretch. It's going to be beyond what you can do on your own. You'll be, you'll be like the ten spies that said, the land is beautiful, it's remarkable, but the giants are too big, the walls are too fortified, it can't be done. That's what you're going to end up with. But when we invite God into the picture, the path takes on an incredibly different view. For, for Joshua to even step foot into the promised land, he had to lead this entire nomadic uh, people. People who have been wandering now for 80 years in the wilderness. He had to lead them across the Jordan River at its flood stage. That in and of itself seemed totally impossible, unrealistic. But because God was part of the path, he had a plan, as he always does. Here's what he told Joshua in Joshua chapter 3, a couple chapters later, verse 7. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel. So they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Listen to this. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. Now the Ark of the Covenant was this very sacred uh, box, basically, that held different artifacts that carried the presence of God. It was a very special uh, uh, piece of furniture. And he said, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. This was a death wish for these priests. But this is what God said. Like, you're carrying this heavy box. Go stand in the middle of a river at its flood stage. How's that going to work? Like, do you doggy paddle with one hand, hold the box with the other? How's that going to work out? 
But sure enough, the, the, the priests go. And as the priests carry the Ark of the Covenant into the Jordan River, something miraculous starts to happen. The river parted, the, the, the land dries up, the Israelites were able to do what they had heard two generations before them were able to do. They walked across the body of water on dry land. God had created a path where there didn't seem to be one. And they walked across. Can you imagine being one of those first people at the front of the line, so to speak? Uh, I, I imagine there were some older folks right out front that had been telling these stories to their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids. And they stepped out off of that bank on dry land, which should have been the Jordan River. They see the ark out in front of them, and they start walking across this riverbed on dry land thinking, is this really going to happen? Like, is the water going to come crashing on me? When's it going to happen? I know at some point it's all going to fall apart. I know it's going to be a disaster, but let's do this. And they're walking on dry land, and then they get to the end of the riverbed. And this remarkable moment, I can't imagine the tears that must have flowed in that moment as they literally stepped up on dry land, the promised land, the land of Canaan, what God had said, wherever you put your foot, you will own. This is yours. I'm giving it as a gift to you. They literally fulfilled that goal, that promise, by stepping onto that land. Can you imagine? I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, they've been waiting for this moment, and now they did it, not in their own power, not in their own ability, with God's help. This is what, what, what I believe God is wanting to do for so many of us today and this year. Not, not just give you a great dream or promise or goal to hold on to, but to create a path to accomplish it with his help. A path that might not even seem possible right now, might seem completely unrealistic, but nothing's gonna change if nothing changes. We can have up here all we want to see happen and accomplished. But if nothing happens in our life, nothing changes, we're going to see the same results as we did this year or last year. And if you're going to break a pattern as the worship team comes today, if you're going to break a pattern, start a new healthy habit, nothing will change if you keep taking the same approach. It's time that we invite God into the picture and see the breakthrough that he can bring. Some of you today your life has really been this, pounding one more time. One more, you're, you're taking one more swing at the wall. And you've been doing that, maybe some of you, for decades. You've been taking one more swing at it. Maybe some of you, there's things that you've been hoping for in your life to see take place, things that you've been holding on to. Maybe there's habits or, or, or things in your life that you need to break, you need to stop. And you've been trying so many times and, and you've tried so many uh, uh, times and you've given so much energy and you're ready to give up. You're like, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of getting the same result. I want to challenge you today this simple idea. Nothing will change if nothing changes. Why, why not invite God into the picture? Why not allow God to set the path before you? That might seem impossible. It's a mighty river in front of you. But God's saying, trust me. I'll lead the way. Trust me. Follow me in what seems impossible, what seems completely unthinkable, is going to be possible with my help. That's what God wants to do in your life. That's what God wants to do in our church. He doesn't want us to just go through the motions, have another year, celebrate Christmas, Say hello 2021 
and keep moving on. He's wanting us to step into the river, to step into the promise, to step into that goal and to say, I've got the path for you. It's going to look different than you've ever done before. It might feel uncomfortable. You might be afraid. It might be scary. But trust me, if you will trust me, you get the incredible fulfillment and joy of stepping back on dry land into that promise and that goal. If you're willing to change your path, I can bring a change in the result and the outcome. That's what God is wanting us to do today, this year. As we kick off this year talking about breakthrough, that's not just some fancy title or word. This is something I've been praying for for months. That 2020 is going to be a year of breakthrough in your life, in our church. That we're going to see God break through in areas and do things that have just been dreams, hopes. God wants to do it in your life. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to just fall into your lap. It's going to take a step of faith from your part. If you can stand with me this morning. Before we go today, the band in a minute is going to sing a song, lead us in a song. And as they lead us in a song, I believe there's a step of faith that we all have to take. That we have to say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender this year to you. Uh, I'm going to commit to follow your path for my life. Uh, I'm not just going to come to church on Sundays and go about my life the rest of the week. Like, it doesn't really matter. It's just like, you know, an hour and a half of my life, and I check that box, and I move on, and, and, and everything else is the same. No, this is going to be a different year. Things are going to be different in my life. When I finish 2020... I'm going to look back and say, wow, this has been a remarkable year, not because of what I have done, but because of what God does through me. I'm ready to step out. Here's what I want you to do. As the team plays, if you're like, Nick, I'm ready to step. I want to see God do things in my life. I want to see breakthrough in my life, whatever area that is. I want you to step out of your seat and come up here. Now, let me preface what we're going to do so you don't get like, I'm not coming up to handle snakes. We're not doing that, okay? No snakes. Um, that we know of, okay? Um, what I want to do, I want you to come up here. We're going we're gonna to sing this song. And then I just want to pray a prayer of commitment over us, a prayer of dedication, that as we start off this year, that we're not just walking into this year on our own, trying to make it, trying to survive, trying to exist. We're ready to step out. I love this verse in the book of Hebrews. It says, we aren't those who shrink back. I want you to know, as Calvary Church, we aren't those who shrink back. Whatever the enemy throws our way, whatever obstacles, whatever difficulties face us and stand in front of us, we are never going to be those that shrink back. We will always be those that step up. Not because of us, not because of what I can do or what you can do, but because of what Christ has done, because of what the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. And if you're here and you say, Nick, I'm ready to step out. I want to see breakthrough in my life. I'm going to invite you to come up here for a time of prayer briefly. We're going to worship and I'm going to close this out in prayer and then we'll be done. Okay? Before we do that, I believe that God's working on some of you right now. Your mind, your heart, and you're like, everything I'm thinking right now, this isn't real. It's not going to happen. This is going to be another depressing year. Nope. It's going to be different. You can be like the spies that see the land and say, it's beautiful, it's awesome, it's too much, we can't. Or you can be like Joshua and Caleb. Say, if God is sending us, 
if God is the one who's ordained this, if he has empowered us, what's going to stop us? Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Nothing's going to hold us back. Let's run this race with abandon. Lord, I pray right now that you would empower us. Lord, equip us with faith and boldness and courage. Lord, to not shrink back when things don't go our way. To not not step back, Lord, in the face of daunting goals or or promises or, or objectives. But God, that we would invite you into the picture and to allow you to set the path before us. Give us the faith to step out and be used by you. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the team leads us, I'll encourage you. Step out. Find your way up here. We're going to pray together just for a brief few moments. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.